Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today is March 9th. Totally forgot. We got some van news today. A lot of van news, actually. Interesting uh, timing. Like, <laughs> I don't know why they all decided to launch their yeah, everyone's updates. Like, everyone's like, you know what? It's van time. So let's, uh, let's all get vans. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but we have a bunch of vans available. But the first one is the Ram Promaster. So this got a refresh, and it's really yeah. just a front end. Well, the ugliest van that you can get now just is still the ugliest van that you can get, <laughs> I think. <laughs> it, so, okay. it was a close battle between the Nissan, uh, what is the NV2500, but they discontinued that. The old oh, Titan-based one, right? Yeah, the one that looks like a truck, so it uses all the space of a truck front end without <laughs> offering you any more interior yeah. usability. I think in yeah. terms of a van, that one's probably the worst. Yeah. In terms of a truck, though, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure you saw the Nissan had a concept one of those with the yeah. uh, uh, straight lifted. axle front end, lifted, yeah. I, I, yeah. I know you'll be into that. But I was. I actually wanted to get one last year because I kind of need a van anyways. Like it's just more practical than the F one fifty. I mean, in many ways, vans are just like they're the workhorses, right? Like a lot of businesses use vans. Uh, I don't Rather know. The truck, North yeah. Americans are kind of weird like that. That we use pickup trucks for everything, but in reality, a van just you can hold more stuff in it, and they're. They're smaller, they're more maneuverable, and you can stand in the back of them. Weather's not as big of an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And all your cargo is secure rather than literally outside. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it does make a lot of sense. I don't know why North Americans are so into pickup trucks because Europe, Asia, everywhere uses vans or lorries. Yeah, I no, you're you're absolutely right. But I think in Canada we're not as dependent on pickups as we are as like the US is. I think people in the US definitely loves their trucks yeah, more. Yeah, it's like a lifestyle thing. It's not like like you wouldn't like take your family out for dinner in a van like this. <laughs> basically is the idea. Like and I guess to be fair even in other parts of the world this is not like your primary vehicle. No, definitely but, not. But people like to to trick themselves into thinking, oh, I, 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 I drive this 2,500 heavy duty truck every day because it can do so much work and it can take my family around in comfort. Yeah, absolutely. So this, uh, the ProMaster update is, is mostly the front end. You got better headlights. Um, there are halogen units for the base. They are brighter and you get the LED as an option on the higher end models if you want the optional LED headlights. I mean, honestly, I don't think they're bad looking compared to the old one. The old one were like super far apart, but this yeah, one, that was least... by design though. Yeah. But this one at least looks better, you know? Yeah. Like the, the previous generation of ProMaster had its head. Like if you think about as the eyes, it had its eyes on its temples. <laughs> uh, and that was like, it, it made sense from a practicality standpoint because keeps the lights high up where they don't get damaged as easily. Um, and that, I think I remember them saying how, well, the headlights are the most expensive part of the front end. So mm -hmm. we want to make sure people don't break them. Like it, it makes sense logically, just aesthetically it's not pleasing. And ultimately 
you buy a, a van for what is practical. You don't. Yeah. You're not winning any beauty contests, kind of. <laughs> arguably. Arguably. Yeah. So I think you know with the, the the number one thing, like if you have a fleet, you know, of people that really don't care about their trucks, like think Amazon drivers. They they don't care, right? They they might hit things every now and then. You don't want those headlights to be down low like some other vehicles would be, where it can get damaged. Yeah. And the LED headlamps, it's going to be expensive to replace. So this, like, it makes sense. Yeah, but the cheap plastic bumpers are great too. Yeah. So what's nice with the update as well is there's um, optional 360 camera, adaptive cruise control, lane keep assist, like all the usual kind of safety features that's available now. Which mm -hmm. is absolutely cool. Yeah, there's stuff that we take for granted in passenger cars, because commercially, you know, these type of vehicles just are slower to catch on, uh, in in terms of tech and safety and all this kind of stuff. So it's it's cool. I I think the Promaster actually is a half decent van. Like, yeah, out of what's available out there, it is kind of unique. I it guess it is super unique because it's the only yeah. one that's front wheel drive, right? Because mm -hmm. it's the Pentastar V6 that powers for front wheels the transit the sprinter they're all rear wheel drive or all wheel drive so mm -hmm. it's the only front wheel drive i mean this is also sold in other places in the world yeah. as a fiat and that also makes sense there yeah front wheel drive makes a lot of sense packaging wise um i'm not sure how about like serviceability yeah but... I, th I think that would be a little lower yeah but i mean all wheel drive is is just as much of a headache even if uh, on those rear drive based vans. Mm. Uh, I'm not too sure how well these drive. My brother actually had one of these for the longest time. Uh, but I always like the Sprinter and the Transit, the way they drive. What I'm more surprised is just the maximum towing 6,900 pounds or 6,910 pounds, payload of 4680. That's pretty good. That's pretty good for. Or front wheel drive? I feel yeah. like it would just. What happens when you're on a hill? Because like if you're going uphill and you got seven thousand pounds and whatever payload inside your van, I I just don't I just don't feel like that works. Like in the rain, it's it's gonna struggle a little. All right, it's it's gonna struggle a little. There's traction control to to help you get up that hill. Yeah, like front wheel drive is not great for towing like i know like less weight technically means you can tow more but just physics uh may overcome that yeah oh something that's also new is uh aluminum roll-up style rear door is an option so like the bread vans like you can roll up that rear gate like you know mm, like most, a yeah like a garage door kind of thing and that yeah. will make things easier too to load like all your car go in and out rather than have big swinging open doors. It's actually kind of cool. And there's going to be a battery electric version of it coming in 2023. I know Jeff Bezos bought a bunch of those for, uh, for Amazon, but you should be able to get one as well sometime in probably 2025 <laughs> with the ordering wait list that we have. Yeah. And there's a super high roof configuration that's new for 2023, supposedly. I don't know if that's the one with the picture of the guy standing in the back. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it looks pretty tall. The the Promaster was always like really tall. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Full flat floor as well, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. But moving on to another van, Sprinter. Sprinter also got an update, but not as much as the Promaster. There's no styling updates here, but it's the heart, the engine. They dropped that inline six diesel for a more efficient inline four. There's two variants of this inline four turbo. Um, the twin turbo variant actually makes more power and more torque than the outgoing inline six. And it's now a nine speed auto versus a seven speed that they had before. And there's also a new all wheel drive system as well, which sends 50 50 front and rear for better, well, just better traction all around. It, it kind of makes sense, right? You know, um, with fuel prices, the, the way they are, the inline six is less efficient than the yeah. four and they have four four cylinder no three four cylinder engine option the base yeah. is still a gasoline one which honestly you know you probably shouldn't look into <laughs> but the base two liter four it makes decent amount of power um and for what you need you know as just essentially deliveries and whatnot i think it should be fine the mm -hmm. twin turbo variant will be good for towing a little bit more and of course you can get that optional all-wheel drive as well yeah for some all-terrain capability I can hear the complaints now that they will be like, you know, because the, the old sprinters were really good in the sense that a lot of them are in that million mile range. Mm. Like they, they get up there, like over half a million, the diesels. Um, and the the diesel engine in this one, I'm not too familiar with the old one, but the new one is basically what they use. Like basically they've trickled down all the tech from their passenger cars trickled i, I want to say trickled upwards to to a commercial application which can be traditionally speaking that's not a great thing typically when you adapt light duty stuff to work on heavy duty applications hmm. so because the a work van or work truck anything like that is going to need you know really high mileage compared to that durability and it's going to have a lot more payload it's going to have a lot more stress to it that it really either it means that the passenger cars are overbuilt or the commercial tr trucks are underbuilt and hopefully it's not that that's not the case with the sprinter i mean sprinter's got a great reputation it's one of it's probably the most expensive uh and for a good reason, it has such a great reputation. Everyone wants a Sprinter. Mm -hmm. uh, it is the van to get. Um, they they're well built, but yeah, for yeah. for most commercial applications, I generally see Sprinter vans these days a lot more than Transits. Like I, yeah. I'm seeing more and more now, but Sprinters are definitely like still way ahead in the yeah, lead. Sprinter there. seems like uh, again, we don't know that much about this whole industry, but. It seems like number one. Um, so yeah, I'm curious. Like I, I know how, you know, old school guys that manage fleets would see a change like this. Like, why would you change something that's not broken? Kind of idea. Mm -hmm. But fuel savings are fuel savings, right? Gas prices record highs right now. Yeah, uh, it makes sense to just look into more efficient options as well. Even diesel 
you know, an ancient diesel engine is still going to use more than a new one. And if you're, if you're paying, I guess here's the thing, right? If you're paying 80 grand for a work van, like new, newer tech makes sense. Like, why are you paying engineering for a box with an engine that's 10 years old? Yeah. Right? Like for, for that kind of money. Uh, yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Cause at that point it's just like buying a Econoline van when these, uh, the transit was out because that was available here. Mm. The Ohana line was still available when the transit is out. Some people like, like it. Why? Like, same with the Express and the Savannah or uh, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Some people like that kind of old school van. Um, but a lot of the industry has moved forward to stuff like this that just has better packaging and has just as much like proven reliability and dependability behind it yeah yeah no totally but But let's move on to a van that i can actually enjoy yeah something that more more our level absolutely yeah this is the volkswagen id buzz the buzz is b-u-z-z or b-u-z-z depending on where you're from it's a play on words of the word bus itself and z as in like electric you know kind of thing buzz um yeah it's so okay so what it is is basically they took the original volkswagen van and they made it electric um we've seen a bunch of these with a bunch of camel yeah the last 20 years i feel like (laughs) we had a lot of concepts in the past like 20 or so odd years i think ever since the new beetle came up back in 97 or 98 we had bus concepts since then Uh, but finally it's coming and it's coming to north america as well which is going to be super exciting so this is a battery electric vehicle so it's full ev it's based on the id4 series um wheelbase is actually quite long it's like atlas size wheelbase but the length of a jetta so it it does the same thing as like the hyundai ionic 5 does which is like a super long wheelbase uh but what i did read in their kind of blurb is they did make the turning radius well somewhat of a more compact size like of a of a wheelbase which is something i do appreciate because the ionic 5 that turning radius is long it's something i definitely noticed when driving it Mm. this looks super cool there's going to be two versions available for in europe um and then uh, there's three versions in total there's the shorter wheelbase which is a five passenger like regular van there's a cargo van variant and then there's the long wheelbase version which is the one that we're getting here and that is going to be a seven passenger variant and for North America, we are going to get rear-wheel drive as well as all-wheel drive as an option. That is so exciting. It's the exact same package as the ID4, but do expect to pay a little bit more. Of so course. the ID4 is like, I think, 45, I think it was. So I'm thinking this is probably like 50 or so to start. Yeah, well, it's, it's still very reasonable, I think. And, 100%. And the interior is a lot more quirky than the ID4. I think the ID4 they went very conservative with that interior they, for they really EV, uh, and I, I for a good reason. Like that's going to be a volume seller for them, mm-hmm. and it 
I think they're going after a different market than the Teslas, the Ionics. They don't want to be too out there with their design, both exterior and interior. But the buzz is just, it's just so much fun. Like the interior and exterior design is, is, is a lot more fun than the ID4. Um, I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued because we haven't had this type of van in a long time, mm-hmm. right? Like just compact dimensions. Uh, everything I, we have here is so big and full EV. Like that is, yeah, that is I, great. I, I gotta admit, I really love the dual tone color scheme. Of course, you can get it in not a dual tone if you're crazy, um, but it works in this dual tone, especially the orange bottom, white on top. Uh, it, it totally reminds me of the, like the California edition that they have with the T6, I think it's called, uh, the last generation of the van. Like it, it just looks good. Uh, something that they did put is they put a lot of like um, little, not gimmicks, but um, Easter eggs within oh. the vehicle itself. Um, so like in the doors where there's generally like a cap for the screws, there's like a smiley face on there. Mm-hmm. On the back by the rear wiper, there's a little bus on there. And then underneath the wiper, there's a little umbrella. So there's little things that they put into the uh, to the vehicle to make it a little bit more fun. I I honestly I really love this. There's so much to love within this vehicle. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of the five passenger layout because to me I think that's yeah, a Euro thing. It it yeah. is, but like there's just so much room behind that, like that second row. Yeah, you could easily fit two more seats. It's just kind of weird. It's like. What are you supposed to do with that space? It does. It looks like it's designed for seats, which of course the version that we're getting will have those seats, so it's absolutely fine. Um, the yeah. infotainment in terms of like the front layout and stuff like that, it's very similar to the ID four, but one thing that they did change, which I'm very happy for, is the shifter. So the ID four shifter, if you don't know, it's like right next to the cluster, and it looks like the BMW i threes. It's like a rotating knob mm. just next to the cluster. They took that away from there. They gave I it the Mercedes shifter. It's the Mercedes South shifter, but I can't be sure because Mercedes show a- aka Tesla style shifter. <laughs> it's the same Ooh. part number too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's literally what well the 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 S now doesn't even have a shifter. It's just swipe it on the screen. Right. But uh no the, this is the old this S. Is pretty pretty sweet. And I'm really curious how, like, I just want to, like, sit and listen to the engineers talk about how the the packaging works with, with electric, because I feel like, yeah, with the older VW vans, you know, they had the, the front engine, like the Euro van, they had their, the classic, classic, like, Vanagon, or no, like, that the, 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 the 50s and 60s, 70s yeah, like one. the old school, like, 20 something window vans with the yeah. engine in the back and now we have no engine and i think that's just like it's it's funny how yeah it's full you on could evolution make, because you don't need the the accessibility anymore with uh servicing it i feel mm-hmm. like so you could basically have a very slab front end um yeah. Yeah, and they didn't just round it off like kind of turtle shape 
like any no. other no SUV, it's, it's right? definitely not turtle or egg shaped that's for sure yeah there there are some aerodynamic elements on it and obviously well, they, yeah they like said the it's front... actually they said it's actually one of the most aerodynamic um people carriers MPVs, yeah yeah 0.28 coefficient of drag it's pretty good yeah because there's no need for like big grills and stuff i guess um, something i did notice which is kind of cool super nerdy thing um if you look at the front windshield the sensor is on the bottom rather than on the top behind the mirror super nerdy yeah. something that i just noticed because every single car has the sensors right behind the mirror because it looks a like good... it has both so maybe well, it's for a... autonomous stuff yeah, it's probably for Thomas because the rain sensor might be the the one that's on top because that's yeah, gonna get. Yeah, or you just get two different perspectives to <laughs> make the autonomy even better. It is yep. made in Germany, which could be a bad thing now with the uh, with the yeah. war that's raging. Uh, yeah, which means we might. So actually, that's a great segue because they said this is going to be available for the European market end of this year, and it's yeah. going to come for the North America market end of 2024. Yeah. And as of this month, it seems like everything's going to be delayed. Like BMW's talked about it. Porsche's talked about it. Volkswagen's talked about it there. Germany is so dependent on Russia for energy that they're the whole country is in scrambles right now, it seems. Uh, And so even further delays from Germany, I feel like a lot of cars uh, from from America or from Asia are pretty much back to normal production, like three to four months. Obviously, there's the oddballs like the Model 3 SR Plus, the, the Rav4 Primes, but a lot of cars you can get now within three or four months. So it's not that crazy, but ultimately, VW is one of the biggest manufacturers out there. So it's going to it's going to have an effect on new car prices, used car prices, everything. Um, so just keep an eye out for that. Like be on your, be on the lookout and see your, what this will do with the market. Here's yeah. your smiley face. Nice. Yeah. The little caps that cover like, the, that's the just so cool. Yeah. The textures. It's, it's a little bit narrow for my liking though. That is the only thing, because if it's only as wide as an ID4, uh, which it looks like it is, it's not yeah. quite a seven passenger. It's I'm thinking more Mazda five dimensions. It's it boxier be, than a Mazda five, so it should be bigger. It should be bigger, because like if you look on this put, picture, put whole you can put two pallets in here, um, and pallets are pretty wide. They're not like super wide, but. Um, on the cargo version, you can have three seats across. Hmm. So the Mazda 5 doesn't have that. It can't yeah. fit three seats across. Uh, so I think it should be at least a little wider. Yeah. The Mazda 5 was kind of a flop, if you ask me. A lot of car guys chase it. A I, lot of car guys I know chase that car, especially because you can get one in manual. But trust me, you do not want that car. I, I I don't know if I told you I was looking at one before. I, I looked at them too. I looked at them too. And I drove one. I'm like, <laughs> it gets terrible fuel economy. It's got the worst seating position. It's got a terrible interior. Like it's just so cramped or six, six seater configuration. It's just not a great car. Like it just, 
it is Mazda at its most Mazda way in that they don't build it for like a certain buyer. Like they don't they don't focus that well on what is fundamentally like a good car and they just make whatever. Like let's just extend the Mazda three and raise the roof a bit and then call it an MPV. And I think that's why it didn't really catch on and the older MPVs, however, were were decent. I think. No, they they weren't too bad, but yeah. the the market for them wasn't in the right place because the MPV was always a lot smaller than the rest of the market. Yeah. And here in North America, it's just a smaller passenger vehicle just doesn't sell. Yeah, I feel like if they brought back that MPV today, though, it would be kind of cool. With the all sport all wheel drive. Oh, the all wheel driver. Self leveling rear suspension, just because my family had one and we towed our boat with it. Um, and that was like an actual seven seater van, not like a Mazda 5. You know, the, the one thing that the it's like a complete missed opportunity with this is the roof. So I'm looking through These are all windows. the windows. Exactly. The roof is solid, it needs a glass roof. Yeah. Or at least styling elements like solar panels that look like the retro roof. Yeah, yeah. Any, I, I think that's a missed opportunity for the roof. I, I would appreciate it if it had like a glass roof or something. Because my my son, he loves to look through the glass roof and onto all the birds and everything that fly by. Absolutely love it. So any car that we have uh, that has a panoramic roof, he's in love with it. Um, currently he's sitting in an MX-30 and he's like, I can't see a single thing out of the back. Like, <laughs> Yeah, not even out the side windows. No, he really can't. On where he sits. <laughs> he really can't. But that's uh, that's the ID buzz. Um, I think I'm going to call a local dealer, see if I can put my name down on a wait list for this. It's, it makes sense as a family car. Like, yeah, it it's, just... it's going to have decent power if you get the all-wheel drive. It's... I don't think I need it. I feel like I, you want the doom motor. I would want it, but I'm okay with the rear. Oh, here's I, the thing though. The the ID four right now starts at forty five. If this is a little bit more than that, which it should be, especially if it's a seven seater configuration, mm-hmm. uh, are we gonna be priced out of rebates? Uh that is gonna be Yeah. So But this looks like a like I, I think... this doesn't look like a luxury segment type car no but i think volkswagen's smart enough to have like it's a base model and then you add packages on top where it'll be sneaking under that rebate radar yeah yeah but i mean but i feel like if you want something now though just take advantage of the rebates because the whole world is going to be broke soon like (laughs) (laughs) but i mean by the time this arrives a rebate might not even be here exactly let's let's be honest if you're thinking about something that's available now Maybe just get your order in because because if you order now, it's a year wait for anything, anyways. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's like the Model Threes, right? Like if you bought one last year, it would have cost you this year cost you ten thousand dollars more. Yeah, no more than that. It's twelve thousand. It was forty eight. Forty eight. Yeah. Sixty now. So now the and price has gone before up it was rebate as well rebate now they're they're giving like a slight tax incentive on them i think no but not on new ones it's not great yeah not on new ones only on used ones you get the the pst mm. off yeah yeah so no real deals there 
Um, but what you can get, something I'm very interested in, I really like this, is the Mazda CX-60. It's, it's perfect. So, okay, this car is not going to be available in North America. It's uh, European market, the Asian market, not for us. The CX-60 is uh, the brand new platform for Mazda. This is the, the first one. It's going to be, there's going to be a stretch version of this called the CX-80. That's going to be a seven passenger variant. There's going to be the CX-70, which is the North American version because ours is going to be wider, uh, along with the CX-90. I'm going to say something that you're going to agree on and you're going to applaud me for it. I don't think this is that good looking. The outside. Yeah, they put the MX-30 front end on a CX-5 and it just doesn't work. It's it's, it's a very blocky front end with a curvy side and rear. Yeah. The, the, the front of it, I don't think it works. I don't think Definitely it works. Definitely not me. very Kodo. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a huge prestige gap though. Because this it, is a rear drive based architecture. Exactly. And so the fender is very long. The fender's uh, long, the hood is long. But the front end they just they butchered it. I feel how like. how flat it is, I'm not a fan of that. When I first saw images of this in a leak, I was like, hmm, I don't know. This doesn't look great to me. Um, I do like the front fender kind of grill. It says PHEV on it because it is a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle now. Uh, it makes 323 horsepower, which is pretty good. 369 pound-feet of torque. Uh, combine the 2.5-liter four-cylinder with the electric motor. Um, they say 0 to 100, they're estimating right now. It's 5.8 seconds. Um, and you get about 63 kilometers in a full uh, the combined WLTP cycle, which is always a little bit more than the cycle that we use here in Canada. Mm. So we're estimating maybe about 50 kilometers or so. It should be a little bit less right. than the RAV4. Well, and we're getting the, we're, we're probably going to get like a longer wheelbase or bigger version so of this. So we're going to get the CX-70, which should be the same length as this, but should be a wider vehicle. A bit wider if yeah. it doesn't get bigger batteries, then we would get probably what fifty k of range. I I think fifty is about a good yeah. place, to... which is still solid. Like it's it's good enough for a lot of people. Like that's all yeah. part of a P PHEV. Is not you're not relying on that battery for a hundred percent of the time. No, uh, it's I don't know. To me, this is like it doesn't push the boundaries. Like I I think it... wise. Styling, okay, so let, let's go back to styling. The back end looks good. It looks okay. I don't think it looks better than other Mazda products that we I don't think have. it looks better than Mazda products. I think products, it looks but... worse than like a CX-5 or a CX-50. I think it, mm, 50 looks really good. I'm, I'm taking 50 out of the equation because the 50 is really good. It's a CX-50. But comparing to the CX-5, I like the taillights on this. And I love the, the rear bottom of the bumper. Accurate how it has like the uh, exhaust tips on the bottom. Like, I think it's a good looking rear end. I think like overall, it's a good looking rear end. And I like the fact that you can get a panoramic sunroof on it, which you can't do on any other Mazas at the moment until the CX-50 comes out. Um, but it, it's that front end that kind of kills me, how flat yeah. it is, especially in this photo. 
Yeah, to me, the back is is a little bit Acura. Like, uh, it has a little bit of the MDX a bit DNA. Of a previous gen RDX, and then a bit of MDX in there. Yeah, yeah. I kind of see it. Uh, it's it's okay. I and I think the interior is just it's what I expect. Like. They said that they're put they're they're leveling up this interior. To me, it just looks like most other Mazda products. It's a little bit nicer. So I think it's it's nicer throughout. There's a there's a few things in here. So the infotainment system is a 12.3 inch screen. So it's bigger than any other Mazda product. Uh, the climate control has been updated. The shifter is the same one that's used in the MX30, the electric vehicle. Mm. And you get the cup holders off to the right, which means that it is going to be a wider vehicle than the um, CX-5 because the CX-5 has a very similar shifter placement, but the center console isn't anywhere near this wide. So it tells me that this is actually a a wider vehicle altogether. There's something about the the media controller that the two knobs, the volume control and the, the navigation knob that just... I d- it doesn't do it for me. Like I, I feel no. like they need to elevate that. Uh, I have it in my Miata as well, uh, the, at least the volume knob. And it's just like it's it's kind of whatever in that car. But I feel like if they're com- you know trying to say that they're the knob is better on this than the Miata. The because middle this is the, for sure. This is the newer knob. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's still not like. Because you see well, what Genesis is doing, right? Like, like... Yes, I, I definitely do. But the volume knob on this, um, on the newer Mazas, you can, not only Neuroing is it a volume knob, but you can actually push it left and right for next and backwards track. I think I can do that on the Miata. No, you can't. You shouldn't be able to. It's only a circular knob for you to volume up and down. Oh. They've had this for a while, though. They had this for, like, the MX-30, uh, CX... 30 as well uh but it's as well as the mazda 3 but like it's it's very subtle um i use it every now and then only when i'm using carplay but i really like it but i want to pay close attention to the door trim because the door trim i think looks amazing so you got the leather armrest then you got like that cloth inlay you got the metal on top and then you got the wood as well so there's a, a variety of uh like the materials there but like it mixes in really well i think yes how well it will age oh and get dirty and oh that's stuff. that yeah. <laughs> yeah the wood they've used is nice too it, it really is yeah it really is i'm actually surprised they're not using cork though yeah i think that was more of like a project like for the MX30. the MX30, that they could be they can be more experimental with that car, but uh, yeah. I think with this car they just played a little bit safer with the textures because it's not the full on like it's a pretty low commitment EV, right? Like right, P P halves are always like that, but it's not for the people that really really want an EV. It's yeah, someone that wants to save a bit of money. Panoramic sunroof looks great. <sighs> You know what? I I honestly can't wait for the CX seventy uh, mm-hmm. because it's gonna be, in my opinion, like the a game changer for Mazda. Um, yeah. I was reading through some of like the comments how people were saying, "Oh, oh, another SUV from Mazda. Oh, give me this in a sedan." Well, they're going to. 
the next Mazda 6 sedan, it's going to use this architecture. That's why they built it. Like, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. why it's there. But to be honest, Who's no one's buying buy that. It, right? <laughs> no like, one's going to buy it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, a lot of, like, enthusiasts, quote-unquote, they, they'd say, oh, they need to build this, they need to build this, and they don't buy it. Like, you can't get enough people to buy it, then yeah. they won't make it, because we're not, we're, they're a business at the end of the day. But yeah, this thing, I don't know. I just, the more I look at it, I, the less I like it. But I, uh, I think I'd be it looks, curious to see our version. So here's the thing. Um, have you ever seen the Mazda CX-8? Oh, like the, the CX-9, but the It's a one? CX-5, but longer. Ah. So the CX-8 is available in um, parts yeah, of Asia. Japan. Yeah, parts of Asia. It's not available here because we wouldn't want it. The CX-8 looks about the same in terms of its kind of like weird proportions because it's a CX-5, except it's just dopey long in the back. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's like an uglier, fatter... CX-5. It's just a longer CX-5. That's really what it comes down to. They they cut it in the middle, extended the rear door. That's really the way they is. extended the rear doors is kind of half-assed. <laughs> no, it's it's not great um, because if you look at the line on the top wind, like the window, it's like super flat on the rear window, and then it slopes yeah, down. It, 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 it doesn't work. It really doesn't. It's really bad. But I'm thinking so. I'm thinking the CX-60 uh, that we're looking at, it's going to be very similar to this. It's a car for the Asian market. It's a car that's narrower. It's smaller. It's kind of like this. The one that we get, because it's going to be a wider vehicle, it's going to be meaner. It's going to have that stance yeah, that... proportions, yeah. Exactly. It's going to have the stance that we're looking for in the North American market vehicle. For example, the CX-50, it's a wider version of the CX-5. And that looks good. And we both like the CX-50 in terms of its looks. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of, like, this car is only a PHEV, right? So PHEV to start, and then two other engines later. There's going to be a 3-liter Skyactiv X inline 6, as well as a 3.3-liter Skyactiv D inline 6. Both engines are probably not coming here to Canada. Yeah, and we were talking about like the price point of this uh, prior to the show, and it's basically right in between. It's more close to the Rav4 Prime, but it's right in between the Rav4 Prime and the, the NX 450H Plus. Yeah, which it, it makes sense. It's in that it's in that range. It doesn't yeah. have the range of the Toyota products, um, but it's. And, Arguably, it it has a better interior and better, Way better interior than a Rav Four than than the Toyota. Maybe yeah. not as much as Lexus. So, like the pricing of it, I think it's pretty fitting for yeah. the vehicle itself. Yeah. Ultimately, it's, I, it's the the question is how you know Toyota is Toyota. Like if you yeah. you buy a hybrid from them, you buy a plug-in hybrid, and whatever EV we get next from them you don't really worry about it mazda on the other hand they're yeah this is this is brand new technology it is new for them and yeah. you know they weren't great when they start with the turbos like they were late to the turbo game but they had a rough few years with turbo yeah uh <laughs> they weren't great with uh the mx30 like 
mean like just specs wise it's not impressive um nope i'm gonna nope yeah <laughs> like they're not they're not like i okay so i have the mx30 for a month and it's week one right now i know exactly who the mx30 is for your dad <laughs> well he loves it <laughs> he loves it and he wants one uh but it's for someone like okay you live in a city there's there's a lot of things you live in a city you don't travel that much it's going to be your second car your primary is a gasoline car that can get you to further distances this is the car that at home you don't have like access to a 240 plug you only have access to that 120 because for example on monday i drove from east van to queensboro back to east van back to richmond back to east van back to queensboro back to east van has three trips back and forth um i didn't use all 160 kilometers i used like i think like 60 percent of the tank tank or battery charge and then i plugged it in at night next day tuesday we went to queensboro again with absolutely no problems like the, and I'm only plugging in one tech because I don't have access to 220. Like, yes, getting 220 in your house is an investment. You get the, the charging equipment. It's a like in and out of about a thousand bucks. Then you got to get the wiring done for your home and whatnot. Sometimes it's not enough. You need to upgrade your wire. Like, it could be considerable, a considerable amount of money to get 220 for your home to get like a full good charge on a, you know, a battery that's bigger. Because this battery is so small, you plug it into, you know, regular household outlet at night and you're good the next morning. Or you could just get like a normal car or a normal hybrid. <laughs> or you could or just get a, a hybrid. plug-in hybrid. Like just there's so many options that like there there are there are a lot of options. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, you know, discount that. Uh, but you know a one week in so far my wife is loving it she loves driving it because it feels like a regular car she didn't like the ways the ionic 5 drove because it felt heavy the ionic 5 drove really big like that is yeah and she didn't like the tesla because it was she didn't understand the hype around tesla as a name like the whole screen she's like this is confusing to use while you drive yeah i yeah, I I find a lot of people get into them that if you're not planning on buying a Tesla, I find people are really anti-Tesla. As you hop in, you're like, why is the the accelerator so jerky when I let off? You know, why oh, that's is okay. everything like have that. to go through? I know, because that that kind of stuff takes like a few days to get used to. And same with the infotainment, it's it's a great system that, and it has so many toys to it, and. And I'm not even just talking about people looking at Teslas, people that already own Teslas. And when they change it, they freak out like, that's not where I want it. And ultimately, I think their stuff works like pretty good, like software and like just your, the the way you interact with the car works really, really good. Um, but it works for what you need, I think. Yeah. But if you don't go into it with an open mind, if you go into it thinking, ah, I hate Teslas, why are people... Why are people flexing a $50,000 car? <laughs> then you're not going to have a good time. But I think if you look at it objectively, they're pretty solid. Um, no, I, 
I think they're solid. Um, I had the same time I had the Ionic 5. I just couldn't understand why the Tesla I had was $30,000 more. 30 k Oh, you have a long range? Or long? It was long range with the white interior um, and the full self-driving. I mean... Oh, well, full, full self-driving. self-driving. So it's it's like a 75 k car. And um, it's like it's realistically 75 k but like if you put well, in you the incentive... The rebate, yeah. Yeah, it that itself is twenty, and then with everything, it's like thirty something. But realistically, you're looking at twenty k difference. I don't see the twenty k difference. Mm. Like, wait till you drop your Ionic review to go on more on that topic. (laughs) Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Because we got something even more important to talk about. We got to talk about our kicking tires project. Yeah. Um, so the uh, Chili Edition Rav Four, we were talking about selling it last week. It has officially sold. <laughs> it's gone. The um, the buyer is really excited about it, really happy about buying this car. Um, no room, but the car sold. We didn't really like make money on it, but we kind of broke even, uh, which is pretty solid because we put a decent amount of money into it. Uh, I'm happy with what we got for it. <laughs> I think, and I'm happy with what we so. replaced it with. <laughs> yeah. So let's not talk about the new car just yet. Let's talk about, you know, the old one. So we we did a... I say we. You did a lot of maintenance on the car. You you and your team did a lot of maintenance on that car to get it to, you know, a good standard. Um, and when we sold the car, when you really sold the car, you had everything listed um, of all the maintenance that was done, like everything was documented. I love that Google Drive folder of all the photos and everything. Um, you know, it just gives that new buyer, uh, you know, that opportunity to really see exactly what's been done to the car. Yeah, we um, have so much proof. And we only owned it for four months. Like that is crazy. I, I, swore, I thought it was so much longer than that. Yeah, I feel like, because we put like 5,000, I put like, I didn't actually put that much key on it. I put... I literally put like a hundred and like thirty. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it, it's the car was fun, um, but it was a little bit. How I do think you say it was incapable. <laughs> What's a nice way to say incapable? I think it was just less limiting. competent. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like it. It just. Yeah. Yes, it was smaller, which I actually really liked. Um, I liked the styling of it. But it couldn't do much more than what we already have done to it. Like, yeah, um, we took it to the trails. I think twice because I took it once and you took it once. Mm-hmm. I never and... actually got a chance to take it lifted. Mm. Yeah, but the lift kind of hurt it a bit too. Yeah, uh, in the sense that it it ruined the ride because when you lift anything like that it just it limits your down travel so like if you go over a speed bump a little bit quick it just it just drops like like it 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 lifts the tires both rear tires and so the car just jumps um so that's kind of awkward the what is it with that car i mean it has no traction control no abs which is a pro and caught so the person that bought it is has no interest in off-roading it whatsoever she just wanted a reliable car for her daughter that's going to be low maintenance and i think that car is going to do the job uh it's it really doesn't need much and it is 
It doesn't have ABS, which is a thing that does fail with older Toyotas, uh, and they're not cheap to replace. Like I had a friend with a Forerunner, uh, parts and labor was about five grand to do mm. ABS module. Sienna's same thing. Like Sienna's with the V6, uh, they all have that same issue as well, and that's going to be a several thousand dollar repair that this Rav4 will not have to worry about. Right, uh, and with like last time when it was snowing, I remember you told me you slammed on the brakes and you it didn't really lock up anyways. No, it, so, it, it drives just fine. And yeah, and the, the handbrake works so good on that car. That is one thing. Actually, I should say, I never I never uh, off-roaded it, lifted, but I did get to hoon around in the snow in it and it was a lot of fun. And that car was, yeah, it's, it's great fun to drive when you're trying to have fun, but then it is a little bit, unrefined and like it's not something you necessarily want to live with every day because it's so it's i think we ruined it (laughs) 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 like lift and big tires ruin cars that's basically what it comes down to like the fuel economy got worse uh the car got louder it handled worse and so it, oh, well, by the end, I, I put the sway bars back on and I uh, put the stock tires, the stock wheels back on and it drove pretty normal. Again. What's it? What's the difference between what we've done compared to like stance guys? Good. Philosophically, <laughs> philosophically, no. Philosophically, <laughs> what we did makes the off-roader more capable. Whereas a stance guy, you take a sports car like a BRZ, no, 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 I'm not slam it and you stretch it. On just talking about like you know regular passenger car, not a sports car, just regular passenger. Even a regular passenger, you can't go over a sweep bump. You can't take it down the street. You can't go to work in it because you get it. You get impounded, or you will get uh, you'll lose your tires will be bead. It is what we did did not ruin the car to that extent, that, to the hella flush extent. Um, I missed that life. Yeah, yeah, we all don't we all <laughs> next project, Please. next project. Um, we could but, do something like that. No, I don't want. I don't want. I'm too old. Yeah. No. To be fair, it wasn't that bad. It was just worse to commute in than stock. Yeah. And uh, my girlfriend's dad's car was like on its last legs, and he commuted in that for like a few weeks. It wasn't like he felt pretty good in it. Uh, his car was pretty broken, though. To yeah. be fair, the car I mean, was dailying for twenty years. I mean, and... I I only drove it that one time, but I did drive it on the highway. Um, and it was that good was then. and that was with the big tires. Sways were still attached and no lift. No lift. I didn't find it that bad, to be honest. It was great. I yeah. was going like 150 in the rain, and it was amazing. I, I've never like, went that fast. Um. Yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. But, like, that's the thing. Like, that car drove really well, like, naturally. Mm-hmm. I, I was saying this because, like, it doesn't have ABS. It doesn't have traction control. And you never felt like you need it because it just naturally is fairly composed. Mm. Um but you know the car is small. Uh, it, I will say this: everyone loves it. 
Like you pull up in that thing lifted with the big tires. Everyone loves it. And so, everyone saw all the pictures of it and everyone wanted it. So like stance guys, they pull up into a parking lot and everyone loves nah, it. Some, you're <laughs> scraping your way into a parking lot. I don't know if people Oh no, people love it. it. Stance guys love it when you when you scrape the bottom. Yeah. But but let's talk about what uh what we just picked up. Yeah, so the new one, goodbye Rav Four. Hello Rav Four. <laughs> Hello Rav Six, I should say. We we uh, we don't stray far from tradition, do we? <laughs> because this is as from day one, this is the car we wanted, right? Like we wanted it, but it was out of budget. Yeah. But somehow the budget balanced itself. <laughs> As Justin Trudeau would say, <laughs> we just dumped more money into it. It balanced the budget because a deal came up on this Rev Six, right? That it pricing wise, it, it costed us about a thousand dollars with taxes, fifteen sixteen hundred bucks to upgrade, basically from the four cylinder to the V six, and mm-hmm. that was kind of a no brainer that point that this car was checked out it was a friend who brought it to well a friend's uh, client who wanted to get it inspected and everything and he checked it out needs a few things like the tires were bald which to us doesn't matter because we have a set of tires ready to go from the old car so super low mileage RAV6 uh, 2008 RAV4 V6 Sport which doesn't really mean much it's it's base. base. It's yeah. very base plastic steering wheel, which is worn really well. Like it, it has no wear on it. Uh, but the kicker is it's only got 95,000 K on it. You wouldn't believe that when you look at the body because it's got really Switch bad base. headlights and it's got <laughs> like a left rear dent, which I may actually get fixed professionally. Um, it, But mechanically, it's got good bones, just like the old one. And uh the it's you know the v6 rav4 is the one to get for that generation or any generation yeah depending who you ask it it's probably the fastest next to the prime the prime may still be faster and the prime I prime think, is faster prime is definitely faster yeah but prime is faster but it's a 2gr so you can supercharge it you can yeah, there's there's probably stuff that you can do to this one that you can't do to a prime. To you can't really make a prime faster. Um, but the Rav Six is no slouch. Power. It's like it's like thirty six hundred pounds. It, it weighs as much as my M two, right? And it's got two hundred seventy six, two hundred seventy five horsepower somewhere around there, two sixty nine maybe. I don't know, but it takes eighty seven gas, which is nice. It's still not good on gas. Um, the throttle tuning is terrible on those things because like the, I had a Venza of that generation, like 2010 Venza and that one drove fine. Uh, I think cause it's a heavier chassis and it's more luxurious, uh, where it's a RAV4 was just like, you touch the gas, nothing happens, nothing happens. And then when it kicks in, you just you get thrown back like there's no way to drive it smoothly i'm having <laughs> such a hard time backing up so my driveway is just it's probably like like a three inch lift from no not even it's like two inches high like anything will get on it but i have to back up onto it and it's so hard for me to modulate the gas to 
get the car onto the driveway because I don't want to drive it through my garage door. Um, <laughs> it's it's rough. Like that that is a Toyota thing. Like I learned to drive on that because my 03 Corolla and subsequently 07 Corolla both had that same issue that the gas is just so touchy. Um, not touchy until it's touchy. That's the that's the worst part. There's a dead zone and then it's touchy. Um, Does it have um sunroof? It has nothing. It doesn't. It doesn't have volume controls on the steering wheel. It's not going to have a sunroof. Oh, no, Actually, no. I'm, I'm looking at the brochure right now for 08 RAV4. The sunroof is an optional extra by itself. Oh, um, yeah. But the steering wheel controls, that's for limited and above, or oh, limited vehicles. Yeah, it has... I don't think it has anything. It has a, it has a backup camera from a previous owner. Yeah. Because yeah. the options were... Um, sunroof, tow prep package, which includes the heavier radiator and alternator, um, a CD player, which I don't think it even has that right now. Did the previous owner put in an aftermarket unit or? No, it's all stock right now. It all has aux input. Wait, which... where's the head? Where's the rear camera plugged into then? It has like a standalone screen, like a like a GPS oh. looking thing that oh. somehow somehow I I think they had this for years, but somehow after day two of my ownership, it fell off of the dashboard and it's on the floor now. But I I just stuck it in the cup holder and I'm still using it. Uh, it's it works good. It's it's there's nothing wrong with the backup camera. It just the screen fell off. But I found a radio on Amazon that I'm just gonna slap in and call it a day because I don't want to worry about it getting stolen like the last one. Uh, the Kenwood deck that we put, I included the Kenwood deck with the uh, 03 RAV4, mm -hmm. but that deck retails for like a thousand bucks. And I was always really paranoid leaving it because it's not that hard to steal, I think. If you Double dents aren't like the hardest to steal, but I mean, you have to know what you're doing. But yeah, I mean, if... whereas with this car, we're going a car specific style head unit so it looks oem kind of it's not gonna have very good sound quality i bet because it's only like 200 bucks less than 200 bucks after tax uh, and it's got a huge screen on it still no volume knob which kind of sucks uh, so 269 horsepower 246 pound feet of torque at 4700 rpm yeah it's a good power band it it's Five fast speed like it'll get up to 80k very easily um, but it's not like it's not sporty per se because the transmission, like any other Toyota product, is garbage. Slow. Like the <laughs> tuning is garbage. If you could shift it, like, and I'm not even talking about like this car, like this car is from 08, but even if you get into a brand new IS350, you, you hit the paddle shifter, you wait a few seconds, and then it shifts. And they haven't fixed this. Like, if you're driving really aggressively, it will shift reasonably responsibly, but it's still no comparison to like anything else on the market. Like, like I don't Mazda. Like, uh, I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, though, I think Mazda is actually one of the quickest uh, downshifting transmissions of oh, like, standard cars of Japanese cars. <clears throat> yeah, because. I think all the Europeans do a really good job right now. They do. Volkswagen's been Volkswagen's been good at it for 15, 20 years. BMW's been really good at it. 
uh, Mercedes. The new stuff with the nine speed is really good. Porsche, obviously PDK. Uh, but yeah, among like the mundane cars, Toyota still really crappy. And they're still crappy today for that, for the shifting. Ironically, the CVT shifts better. Like when I shift it, shift, quote unquote, shift it on the RAV4 hybrid, you feel it right away. And I drove a, I drove a Honda Fit the other day with the new, the GE generation, like a 2018. And you hit the paddles and they respond right away too. And it's just like, why is Toyota so bad with this? <laughs> just, just I, can't be bothered. Yeah, because it's it's okay on this kind of product. It's very okay on a Sienna. But the problem is when you drive a sport coupe like an RC three fifty, it just it's so slush box. It is they are still in that slush box generation when everyone else has moved on. Even those that have moved on to CVTs have made better feeling CVTs, better <laughs> responding CVTs than than Toyota's traditional automatic transmissions yeah, yeah. but stay since, tuned for a video i guess we're gonna but since since you bought it done. um on sunday it's currently wednesday mm-hmm. three days and what have you done to it already it's not stock anymore <laughs> it's, well to be fair the wheels and tires are carryover from the old car so right that's not anything new but i got spacers for it and I got a lift coming. Well, lift is in the trunk right now. Uh, and I just did like oil change today. So not, nothing crazy, but it does drive better after oil change. Cause so the previous owner is like probably in her sixties. It's like a grandma. Uh, and that's why it has like no mileage because she probably just sits in traffic driving around Richmond. Uh, the car has a Plaza Toyota sticker dealer sticker on the back, which I looked it up and it's in like Halifax, Nova Scotia. Oh, which <laughs> I'm like, I don't get it because they told me they owned it. They were a single owner car. So I don't Is know what happened from there. Out of province? No, she, she, they, they're like very like Richmond people. So I don't know what, uh, huh. what the story be- behind that is. Um, but yeah, overall, it's, it's okay. It's not as clean as the O3 was. Like, the O3 was was kept like in immaculate condition yeah. inside. This one has one cigarette burn on the back seat. Oh. I think it's a cigarette. I don't know what it is. There's a there's a circular hole in one of the back seats that I it's don't know a, what it it's is. It's a cigarette burn. But the it's car has no cigarette smell at all. Hmm. It might have happened a long, long, like, long way, time way back, ago. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> 08, like you think about it, that was that was 15 years ago, basically. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, it needs a little bit of work. It needs shocks. Um, I didn't notice it. And then today I shoved eight wheels and tires in the back, like mounted wheels and tires. And that's like, what? That is an extra 500 pounds or so. They're little, big tires. A little bouncy? Yeah. The the back <laughs> started sounding like the old RAV4 because the old three also had blown rear shocks. This one also is the rear shocks acting mm. up, which... It's no big deal because they're cheap and they take no time to replace. Yeah. Uh, don't, yeah, discount a car for being 15 years old and needing new rear shocks. Yeah. Well, the double wishbones in the back, I think. No, it's got like a trailing arm thing. Is it a trailing arm? Oh, okay. yeah. It's not like the new ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's really it for this week. Um, hopefully, we can get a video. Stay tuned for, that. for a proper reveal video once we yeah. fix some stuff up with it. Hopefully, maybe yeah. we'll see. But that's really it for this week. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and tuning in, and we'll catch you next week for more automotive news. Take care. Peace out.